Welcome to Who Knew. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there, or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and Twitter account. Tweet at us at whonewpodcast. And find us on Facebook. Hi, so Eugene here, and I have Brian with me, and we did talk about briefly Russell T. Davis coming back, and we just, uh, we thought we could continue the conversation a little bit, so here we are, just a little bonus reactions episode. Uh, As we discussed or mentioned previously that we were both excited when it happened, I found out Oh man, when did I find out? That day it tweeted, and then I, I texted Brian. And I was like, have you heard the news? And he was like, what? That's not what you wrote. What did I write? You wrote, have you heard about Russell? <laughs> to which my brain immediately said, oh man, did he die? And that's where Brian's go-to mode is. <laughs> In this day and age, yes. So yeah, and then I was extremely happy. He had not passed away. Yes, I was extremely happy as well. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think a lot of fans are. There's been a lot of positive posting on social media about it. Like we mentioned, they tried something and it didn't work. So then they're okay going back to somebody who made, who was successful at what they did. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think my hesitation is only, I don't want to say it didn't work. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. But it's true. Um, well, the, the it certainly reactions. didn't. It it didn't. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things that the the first season of a new Doctor is usually the fans usually react the worst to mm-hmm. initially. So I think in my mind I was kind of thinking it was that, and then I just stayed in denial for the other seasons. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I for the thirteenth Doctor, the Chibnall area, I just don't find myself going back and rewatching episodes mm-hmm. as much as I do the other uh, Doctors, um, which is a bummer. But yeah, I was extremely happy, extremely happy that Russell was coming back. I was also happy because I was fearful that they were going to cancel the show altogether. That the BBC had no more faith in the show, and you know they were like, "Oh well, we'll just give it a break." Which, which uh, I have done before, but this felt... Yeah. I think we were yeah. worried that so, it would be a little bit more permanent. There was a lot going through my mind on the in, initial uh, moment, which, you know, was just ecstatic that it's Russell. You know, I might have yeah. been happy if it was Moffat, but Russell just makes me ecstatic. Um, and at the same time, it gave me... It gave me hope because what this says is... BBC has at least a shred of faith in the program. So like in in Sylvester McCoy's era, no one at the BBC liked the show at all. They just wanted it gone. Yep. And when they had, sure. had the op- when they had the opportunity to cancel it, they canceled it. So I'm sure there were discussions at the BBC about canceling it, but somebody there must have said, "Look, let's try for something that we know works and let's see, you know, maybe they went to Moffat and Russell." Yeah, we don't know. Or we don't know. You know, they could have gone to a billion different people. Um, well, there was that rumor that J. Michael Straczynski was sort of vying for the job as well on the internet. Yeah. We don't let's know how true that is. That, let's all be thankful to that that didn't happen. 
Um, yeah. Can you? Well, it's just he would he would do a lot of different things to Doctor Who, and I don't think I would like it. I just remember his treatment for Star Trek. If he ever took over Star Trek, and it was like get 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 this away from me. So now he's got Babylon Five back. That was the second announcement around the Russell announcement, that is and true. that made me very happy. So he can go play in his universe. And you can listen to that episode on New Babylon. <laughs> yeah, New Babylon. <laughs> uh, Babylon 6. Um, Where we babble on. And we babble. Yes, we do babble. Uh, so it was, that made me extremely happy uh, that I thought somebody at the BBC said at least, you know, the worst case scenario was still, hey, let's try this Hail Mary. And it worked. So they got Russell back. They're happy. Um, timing, timing is interesting. It's great that Russell is coming back for the, and he's going to do the 60th. That's what I'm most excited about. I'm wondering, do you think that there's going to be a season before the 60th? It all depends on how the last season with Jody and Chris Chibnall wraps up, and are they going to go immediately into production with Russell's um, produ- um, show running? Or- See, and I wonder about that because we're getting a small season that's already been filmed uh, with uh, Jody, and then we're getting the four specials yeah, like they did with Tenet. So I'm wondering, do you think they're gonna film those specials one right on top of each other? And if they do, that gives enough room for them to pre-produce and produce Russell's first season and then air it earlier in 2023 before November. Well, let me put it to you this way. When Russell was leaving and David Tennant, both of them were leaving the show, it was announced fairly earlier on, like similar to this, that Mm -hmm. Moffat would be taking over. So there was enough time to, I think, work through that process where I think from Moffat to Chibnall, there wasn't that cohesion, if you will. It just felt like this is a new, this is a new version of what we have. Right. Yeah. So I think there's enough production time to overlap between Chibnall's last leg and Davis coming back. So there might be that collaboration going on. Because what I don't want to happen is I don't want Russell's first episode to be the 60th anniversary special. I I can see that, yeah. Because you're going to be introducing a new doctor. So we don't know this doctor. Mm -hmm. And it's the 60th. So there's a very good chance that other doctors will and should be in it. Yeah. So how do we, how do we introduce a new doctor with having previous doctors if we do? And if we do have previous doctors, do we have Jody? And if we have Jody, it's like she didn't leave. So how do you write that? <laughs> it's like you're continuing, you're continuing the existing doctor, introducing a new doctor and bringing back fan favorites. I really don't want that to be our introduction. If you could just have a few, maybe even specials, have a couple specials. Here's the new doctor, here are the new companions. And we can at least, maybe not settle down, but at least know, know the new universe. And, and know the doctor, first And know the doctor, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of hoping they do it that way. They, didn't, they haven't announced anything, so. No, the, the yeah, only announcement is that Russell is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And and much like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I trust whatever they're going to do, just like I trust with whatever Russell wants to do, that I think it'll be entertaining enough for me. And I think, and I'm hopeful for the fun he'll inject back into the show. That's what I'm looking forward to is the fun. Yeah. 
it hasn't been you know and russell's episodes a lot of them went really dark so but they we're were not balanced. talking like well it's how it's how at least how i define fun am i entertained when i watch it yeah so turn left destroys me whenever i watch it mm-hmm. it is so sad and just so heart-wrenching but i get enjoyment out of watching that mm-hmm. episode of entertainment and with chibnall and jody whitaker's it's kind of the opposite where they've had some amazing episodes amazing ones rosa you know i would put the episode rosa in the top 10 of all doctor who yeah but was it fun was it and enjoy you know did you get that emotional satisfaction from watching it yes it was very emotional but it was also kind of a like the only thing i can think of that was a moment of levity in that episode was you know well doctor you're not banksy are you oh no i'm not banksy or am i you know there wasn't a there wasn't a a good doctor who balance but you know you look at turn left it doesn't have much humor in it either but there's just something there well i'll i'll go to the opposite uh, example and cite boomtown where on the surface that is a super silly episode you bring back the slavine who are essentially farting aliens yeah but you have a conversation at a dinner table with margaret yeah and and the ninth doctor and amongst this silliness you have a moment that is self-reflective and and very mature for a kids show yes so yeah. that's that's the balance that i'm looking forward to like the opposite way as well where it's mm-hmm. fun and silly but we still get to tackle meaningful uh subjects right and the the allegory of the show wasn't done as well as it was done in the past you know there's all that online stuff where it's like oh doctor who's become political how dare you it's always been political i mean if you watch it if you watch a classic doctor who episode and there's a problem with something going on under the ocean that's that is always going to be uh, a political environmental message talking about oil drilling in the north sea because that was new and huge at the time of classic doctor who and there was a lot of people who thought it was a terrible idea you know even even is it the second doctor who has the one where it's like oh somebody's interfering with our oil pipeline oh, <laughs> under the ocean I think, i think so with the it's half animated that's that's serious yeah yeah and you know like joe grant leaving the show that was a total environmentalist mhm episode i mean it's always been political it just doesn't scream hi i'm going to be political right now yeah cuz when we've done classic episodes like warriors of the deep we saw the the cold war aspect of it mhm and the environmental as well yeah and also the um for the classic show the nazi um illusion yeah, there, yeah, yeah it was just like you know world war 2 was a lot closer during classic doctor who time so a lot you know the daleks were nazis straight up you can't argue it the daleks were nazis yeah and that's because you could do that then and not pound it over people's heads because they already knew what was going on yeah like a good example is um oh what's the first name of the actor whose last name is noth christopher noth um, but his his episodes 
of Chibnall's Doctor Who. He's such a such a Donald Trump character. I thought they were going to go more uh, outrageous. Yeah, you couldn't him. you couldn't get past it. It yeah. was just all over. And Russell would sometimes allude to things, but like he would have a president of the United States that was arrogant and an idiot. But but you would need to narrow it down more than that to get to a real real president. Yeah. And when he did have a real president, when he did have Obama um, as president, it didn't work. That to me was a fail where it was like, no, don't, don't do that. So yeah. again, I think Russell can handle making things relevant and have an allegory. Mm-hmm. And it'll be nice to have that again. Yeah, the other thing I'm hoping for is a little bit more camp because what's going on now and what has been going on for a while is that it's been a little too dark and serious. Mm-hmm. Where you want a move alert? <laughs> How do I explain this? I don't want cardboard sets and I don't want uh, trash bag aliens, but I want that a little bit of fun and camp that that I think Russell balanced well because the the special effects weren't what they were when Moffat took over, when Chibnall took over. I mean, these things look like movies now mm-hmm. where I think we need to dial it back a little bit and just uh, just have fun instead of it too slick it's maybe it's too slick that is is what i'm thinking of maybe but i also you know we've got julie gardner back too yeah and, she and russell to... says all over the the his book the writer's tale that she was amazing at finding the budget yes when you needed the budget and i think she was it's also like, oh, good hopefully at... she still has those skills and i think she was also good at telling russell no which is what i think moffat needed or or should i say she knew how to rein him in and steer him in a mm-hmm. in a better direction yeah where with uh because julie stayed with him throughout all his run on doctor who where moffat has had turnover with his producers so there was never really that camaraderie that i think was built did he have producers come mm-hmm. in and go? Yeah. yeah it's interesting uh the other the other thing that's sort of a pattern is that the doctor can is is doing three years like david Tennant did three seasons matt smith did did he do four or three i think he did three I think he did three. And then Capaldi did three. And Jody's now doing three as well. Yeah. So I hope that we get three good seasons out of him because he's not, Russell is not finding his footing. He's going to hopefully hit the ground running with what he wants. Yeah. I I mean, I do have some cons to the announcement. And and one of my concerns is that um, I remember in the end of Donna's season, there were more and more complaints saying that Russell was repeating himself Mm. and that he didn't have new ideas. There wasn't anything new or fresh. The thing is, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see it because to me, they were still good episodes. Um, But there is that concern where it's, uh Oh, I hope, I hope he has the ability to do a fresh take in a way that he knows how to do it well. And like we've mentioned, he'll probably have his first three episodes. We can tell what they are. Modern day, future, and then past. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, is that good? As long as they're good episodes. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, that doesn't seem to be doing that. It's just, it's not, it's not an obvious thing. I, I, I really do hope that he doesn't have the companion be a love interest. He needs to let that go. (laughs) Um, 
It'll also be curious to see what he's learned and matured because it's what 10 years to 15 mm-hmm. 10 years 15 i think yeah. 15 years since he he brought back the show so is he um i want to know what he was influenced by because he said that buffy the vampire slayer was a very big influence for what he did with uh his run in 2005 as far as telling one big story over a season I wonder what he's going to be influenced by now that he's coming back to Doctor Who and what is he going to inject into it. Yeah. I'm hoping... I liked his formula. I did too. Standalone standalone episodes with hints, and sometimes you don't even know they're hints. And I think he did it the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did Moffat Um, do it? Moffat did do it with the cracks in the wall and the uh, oh the cracks in the wall that's right and yeah. the silence being mentioned all the time but they felt like uh, just too overt so I'm I'm hoping that he can kind of still Russell can still pull that off far as far as here are the clues and you will see it or you will be like aha as soon as the season is done yeah and Russell's Russell's payoffs were always worth it they were. And they weren't, they weren't the end-all, be-all climax of the mystery. It was just like, oh, look, there have been Vote Saxon posters yeah. on all these episodes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need to know that to enjoy the episode. It's just the mystery that's been there. Whereas, you know, what's the silence? What's the silence? What's the silence? And he didn't even really answer that well. And it kept changing, or it sort of changed. Yes, it kept it's- changing. And also, why did the TARDIS blow up? He yeah. never explained that. You can't just give us a throwaway line in the final episode after you've done a buildup. Yeah. So yes, Russell did buildups well, and he executed them. They were always entertaining, but they weren't too big. And I also enjoyed how sometimes they were small as far as being character-based rather than... Uh, event-based i don't know he did go big except for eccleston's you know it was fighting the daleks but that that was very character driven Mm -hmm. um but then you look at the end of time tenants tenants regeneration story and that's where you can kind of see you know russell stop you're throwing in too much he wanted to make according to the writer's tale he wanted to make a smaller episode mm-hmm. that was just character driven and, and, and only affected one ship, a family of people on one ship. Um, but other people didn't agree. So he had to make it bigger. But at the same time, he tried to keep the concept of the ship. So he had the, the two aliens on the ship who were just kind of there um, basically just to be a, a means of transportation <laughs> yeah. you know in the end was like why are you even here yeah i think he's matured enough and he's probably learned from certain things like with torchwood he kind of gave the writers produ- producers directors maybe uh make this dark and then that was it where with sarah jane adventures he was more a little bit more hands-on i feel so that yes. that, that like fun and that um maybe broader appeal might be the best way to put it because it's it's a show aimed for kids but yet me as an adult that's the most enjoyable spin-off of doctor who even class i would mm-hmm. put it there and because it retains that that fun 
and that balance between like sort of camp, serious like character studies, but also fun and adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he learned a lot, I think, from Torchwood. Yeah. Where it was like, okay, I'm doing a lot of things. Um, so here, make it dark. And then he focused on the other things and then went, oh, okay. I, I did say dark and boy, that's what you guys did. Wow. And it was too dark for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'll do that again. No. I don't, I don't, I don't think the days of spinoffs occurring at the same time are ever going to happen again. So we don't need to worry about that. I, I'm just thinking of the Sarah Jane Adventures, the episodes that we've done and like the crossovers with the current doctor at the time. Those mm-hmm. are a lot of fun and watching them, I can, I can almost just watch those specials, those two parters on their own. Like I don't, oh, really, yeah, I definitely. don't really need the rest of the season. And I think that's what's also good is that he's able to take classic who's mythology and find a way to make it current and it's not like he's being bogged down by all this canon so that i enjoyed about his uh the way he did it yeah he's very good at his premise Mm -hmm. you know coming back after so many years and rebuilding the show um i mean i wasn't watching doctor who at the time so i don't know fan reaction after Mm -hmm. the fact Mm -hmm. at the time yeah yeah i know it now after the fact but um, the thought of here's the first episode and all the Time Lords are gone. Mm-hmm. There's no more Gallifrey. There's no more Time Lords. That's jarring. But at the same time, to me, that episode is still a Doctor Who episode. It still works because yeah. he has the ability to make it work. Yeah. And I mean, just like the, uh, the death of the Doctor episode where Matt Smith's Doctor is presumed to be dead, I knew nothing of Joe Grant. But he introduced Joe Grant in such a way that I, I wanted to f- figure out and watch episodes of who, who she is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I felt the same way he did that with uh, Sarah Jane Smith in School Reunion. I had no idea about K-9. And I've maybe seen Sarah Jane with Tom Baker in, in print or in publications. But mm-hmm. I had never really seen an episode with her. And then I went back and watched the ARC episode, ARC in Space. And I was like... No wonder these two are the iconic versions of classic Who. Yeah, and I, for that one, I came at it from a, a different point of view because I knew Sarah Jane and I knew K9 and loved it. Absolutely, it was just like you're, you, you, he set the world as a showrunner because I don't know if he wrote that episode, but the tone was always right. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the, maybe that's the thing that we like overall. All yeah. of this can just come back to a tone. Yeah. Where Sarah Jane Adventures is very much like Doctor Who. And Chibnall's era of Doctor Who is very much like Torchwood. And is that what we want? You know, Torchwood's fine and dandy, but it's not Doctor Who. Yeah. Like we want that balance between the opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We need just, you know, we just need the, the, the overall series tone which he invented for the mm-hmm. modern age. We need to go back to that, which means, you know, also keep it relevant. Don't don't write it like it was 15 years ago. Yeah, and I think he's good at that because he brought back- I do he, Yeah, he brought back something that had taken a hiatus or a break for 15 years and he made it relevant. Mm-hmm. So I think he can yeah. do that now. And it's not like he hasn't been doing things since. Yeah. You know, he had 
very English scandal, Ugh. a very English scandal, which won a ton of awards and Europe loves. I'm constantly delivering that show to European clients. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, he's done his other ones. I don't know how his cucumber and pickle series went, but there was that other one that actually came out more recently than English Scandal. Um, that it was one of those things I think people either loved it or hate it, but the one thing that they did do was talk about it. I'm trying to see if I can find it. I know he did another kid show like Wizards and Aliens. Did he? I think so. I mean, because what I know him for, oh, it's a sin. Oh, how can I forget that? Um, yeah, so he had a show, and I think it was on HBO here in the States. Okay. Um, and, you know, I don't, from what I know of Russell, I don't want him to be doing those sort of um, themes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't need to go that that far with these themes, but I don't think he will because he knows better. No, yeah, I, I think he's smart enough to know what the audience is and... Mm-hmm. The balance. Yeah. Which is a sign of a really good a- uh, actor. It's a sign of a really good writer in that yeah. he can go from the Sarah Jane adventures to Queer as Folk. Mm-hmm. Actually, he went from Queer as Folk to Doctor Who. Yeah. That right there, you know, again, I wasn't watching Doctor Who at the time, but can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, the guy who did Queer as Folk. <laughs> but it worked. Uh, so yeah, those are our thoughts, our initial reactions for Russell Davis coming back. Russell T. Davis coming back. Uh, I, for one, welcome our new overlord. <laughs> <laughs> and I, for one, can't wait to hear hello, faithful viewers, one more time. Oh man, that's something I really missed is commentary on the episodes because yeah. the ones we do have commentary on are sporadic. We'll get like, not that I don't mind it, but we'll get visual effects people, costuming people on one. But then on another mm-hmm. one, we'll get the actors that were in the episode on another. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get the writer on an, it's, it's not, uh, there's not a cohesive thread of who's the creative force behind this. That's what I missed from his uh, DVD sets is that it was always like him, a writer, and like Julie or Phil. I mean, not always. Yeah, but for the most part, because we got... Yeah, I mean, I do remember there was there was a, a few times when it was uh, David Tennant and yeah. Billy Piper. And I don't like those commentaries because Billy has never watched her work. So she's like, oh, this is the first time I've seen it. And she sits, she's sitting there watching, watching it. Yeah. So... But when you get Russell and Piers and uh, Julie together, even if they're not talking about the episode, you're laughing your head off. Yeah, it's still like it's it's kind of like the uh, the audio audio commentary on Big Trouble in Little China. It's just John Carpenter and Kurt Russell slowly getting drunk as the the movie goes <laughs> goes on. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that wraps up our second first reactions episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. The the past becomes becomes the future. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew? Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. Find him on Facebook at The Universe Explodes. All our episodes are engineered by Auburn. You can find him at auburnbinkley.com. You can also find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. Visit our Facebook page. 
Please leave comments, reviews, and click like to help support Who Knew Podcast. To listen to our show on your Amazon Echo device, enable the AnyPod podcast skill. Ask AnyPod to play the Who Knew Podcast. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who. The longest-running sci-fi show in history. And especially the revival, spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, Delia Derbyshire, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain.